Hello, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. So, what are you making this week? So, I decided to um, cook up some cheesy carrots. It's Thanksgiving week. So, oh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. And um, I just wanted to do like a family recipe, one that my aunt always makes for Thanksgiving. And it's not really a common one. Um, have you ever had cheesy carrots? Never. I've never had cheesy carrots. <laughs> so anyway, cheesy carrots, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's Velveeta cheese, carrots, some butter, and then some uh, cracker crumbs sprinkled on top. Oh. And you bake it in the oven. It's super good, though. It really just, I don't know, it just brings Thanksgiving out for me. So it's a really good side dish to bring, and it's super easy to make. So if you want to just add something new to your plate, that's a good one. But um, it was yeah. actually contributed by my Aunt Barb. So shout out to Aunt Barb. Aunt Barb! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like we said, like Casey said, it's Thanksgiving here in America. this tomorrow. And... In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I mean, not really, but I pulled up two cases that happened on Thanksgiving, so keeping it festive, <laughs> I guess, but okay, so these, um, one of them's a bit longer, the other one's shorter, so we're going to do two in one episode, but um, they're both pretty gruesome, so oh. like, disclaimer, trigger warning, whatever, it's pretty bad, it's gross. Oh, I have not heard these as far as I know. Oh, yeah. I didn't tell Casey what we're doing today because I like it better that way. <laughs> she likes my, uh, my surprise. My I want to hear the wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to say that less this episode. And if I do say it, I will try not to get so close to my I like it, though. Oh, and also, something else exciting for us is we're getting all new sound equipment. Actually, yes. as we speak... The new mics are out for delivery, and we're all, so anyway, sound quality is going to be so much better after this episode. Yeah, so for anyone that's been sticking out with us, thank thanks. You. <laughs> we'll be better next week. Yeah, <laughs> it will be. It's exciting. All right. So our first case is on Joel Michael Guy. Have you ever heard of it? Him? As far as I know, no. Okay. So. This happened in 2016, um, and one of the detectives or investigators said, of this case, it was the most horrific thing he's ever encountered in law enforcement and in life. So, strap in. So, it's November um, 2016, Thanksgiving. Joel Michael Guy Jr. is visiting his parents for Thanksgiving, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it was like a family gathering with Joel Sr., who is his father, Lisa Guy, who is his mom, and his three sisters. And they visited on Wednesday, the 23rd, for a meal. And his sisters said everything was totally fine during their meal, completely normal. It was going to be their last holiday in the house um, because Joel Sr. Uh, was retiring and they had just sold the home. So it was like the last big family gathering in their like childhood home. Okay. And Joel Jr. 
was 28 years old at okay. the time. He had just dropped out, or not just dropped out, but maybe recently, of LSU and was currently unemployed. And his sisters said that their parents were going to tell him at this gathering that he was going to be cut off financially. Oh, yikes. Whoops. Uh-oh. Um, Angela, which is one of the sisters, said their mother, Lisa, was a homemaker most of her life, but she was working currently just to give him a paycheck. Like, oh. all of the money she was making was, like, to give to her son, oh, Joel Jr. Gosh. Yeah. What a good mom. Yeah. Like, that's wholesome. So the sisters left to go to their own home after the meal, but they thought it was strange that their brother said he was going to be staying the whole weekend with them, because I guess it was strange because maybe he didn't usually stay or something like that. Joel Sr. and Lisa fought with Joel Jr. um, after they told him they would no longer pay his bills, so this huge fight happened. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. And on Monday, the next Monday after Thanksgiving, the 28th, Lisa's boss asked the police if they would check on her since she did not show up for work. Mm -hmm. So police showed up and saw both of um, Joel Joel Sr. and Lisa's cars in the driveway. Mm -hmm. So supposedly they were home. So they looked into the glass on, like, the the front door had, like, glass Mm -hmm. on it or next to the door. You know, you could just look at it. So they looked in and saw there were groceries on the floor in the foyer, like, as soon as you walk in. Okay. So they went around to the back door, and the back door was missing a doorknob. So they went... Um, since the cars were there, they took a garage door opener from the car to get into the house through okay. the garage. So I would assume like something suspicious, like the doorknob missing and the groceries just left on the floor would pro- be probable cause yeah. so that they could get in without a warrant. Right. I mean, they're not answering and people are getting worried about them. Right. Yeah. I understand that. Um, so they said even from outside the house, you could smell chemicals. And when they opened the door, one investigator said, the smell is never going to leave me. So it was really bad. Um, Deputy Stephen Ballard said the chemicals that were, like, wafting throughout the house made the skin on his forehead, like, tingle. It was so, like, potent. (gasps) I can't even, like... I have no words Like, when I clean, like, the bathroom with just a little bit of bleach, it makes me, like... Like, I can't imagine something that strong. Just throughout the whole well, house, too. Initially, as you walk in, like, what did he do? Dump it everywhere? I'm, I'm sure we'll find out. Well, I know. But. <laughs> um, so, they realized, too, as they're looking, the house was set to 90 degrees, and all of the heaters were plugged in. So, I don't know what the purpose of that would be, trying to, like, mess with decomp or something that yeah i don't know but it was so it was hot and smelly in their house um blood was stained on the walls and the floors and clothing was left in piles like on the floor like everything was left as is um no cleanup (laughs) but so then they found 
Um, also left on the floor, bleach, acid, peroxide, and rubbing alcohol in the kitchen. Um, Alright, so this is where it got bad. So I mean, it already like was, but... they hadn't found the bodies yet or anything? No. No bodies? So, it's just crazy because just that alone, I feel like, is gruesome enough to, like, scar you forever. Yeah. Just, and, I mean, just having the smells and then that... That temperature too, stuff like that that's with you. Uh-huh. And yeah, I mean I feel like that a lot of the people, maybe some of the investigators going in, like have some PTSD afterwards. I yeah. can't imagine because just having that, like any trigger of like maybe that smell again or like mm-hmm. being like really overwhelmingly hot, you know, I feel like that could just be enough to spark something up. Yeah. Com- so totally. I I feel like I would be the same. I feel so. like that can mentally mess somebody up. Already. For sure. And I haven't even yeah. heard the rest of it yet. All right. So this is where they find Joel Sr. was 61. Lisa is 55. Unfortunately, they're both deceased. Mm-hmm. Um, their dismembered body parts were found scattered around the house. Um, yeah, it's... So, Joel Sr. was stabbed 42 times, um, including in his lungs, liver, and kidneys. Some of his wounds were so severe that his ribs were scraped and some of the ribs were cut clean through. That's Do you so have to, that's like, yeah, you, that takes a lot of strength. Yeah. It's like that, I mean, Oh, and then just to do that to your own parent. Well, yeah, like, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming it's Joel. Yes, um, it was. But just to have that much aggression behind it, yeah, towards your own money. parents, it's horrible. I just, I can't imagine doing that to anybody, let alone my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so a piece of knife was found embedded in Joel Senior's shoulder. So, like, he was. It was so aggressive that the knife broke off into his shoulder. His hands were severed and found in the bedroom. His arms were severed at the shoulder blade, and his legs were removed at the hip, and his right foot was also removed. It's just really bizarre, too, that they're, like, randomly around the house, too. Right. That's what I'm thinking. It's like, it's not like he... Because sometimes people will do that, you know, trying to dispose of the body yeah but it's not like he did that he tried to oh okay. so um but yeah he left like leaving the hands in the bedroom just going all around yeah. like going it's, throughout the house just holding it's yeah it's Ugh. disgusting um so lisa guy was stabbed 31 times and also super aggressive um the force of her stab wounds were so bad that nine of her ribs were severed um and again just like her husband her legs were cut off below the knees and her arms were removed at the shoulder um both of their torsos were found in tupperware in the bathroom yeah in tupperware yeah. How is your torso small enough to I fit don't in know. a Tupperware? I don't know. Oh, like, 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 like I think it, like the big. Yeah, maybe like a. It said Tupperware in the article, so I'm assuming it was like a big enough one, not like your little snack. Ones. Yeah, but no, like I'm picturing, I'm picturing like a Tupperware in my cabinet, but like 
Maybe it'd fit in a Rubbermaid container. Maybe yeah. It was a plastic container of some kind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh. And then their limbs were found in a 45-gallon container that was or filled with corrosive chemicals. Okay. So, so apparently he's trying to... It's an attempt to cover some of it up. But you were lazy enough to leave other parts in containers and, like, on the floor or, like... I'm not sure. I mean, good for. I'm glad he's stupid and right. doesn't get away with it. I don't necessarily know if it's stupidity or laziness. I think that what happened to him is he just had a mental break and he literally just saw red and went crazy and got angry and what and then and then tried to cover it up but wasn't thinking straight and yeah. then probably eventually just needed to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Just yeah, that's locked everything. Yeah. Um, so then, Lisa's head was found boiling in a pot on the stove. With the stove? The stove was on for days. <gasps> yeah. How do you do that to your own mother? I don't know. This person, he is a sick, disgusting person. That makes, I me, just, that makes me sick. Out of everything mm-hmm. you told me, that just is like... And she's been working an extra job just for him. For him. Oh my god. <sighs> and then and then piece of garbage, human. <sighs> yeah. So prosecutors described it as a diabolical stew of human remains. Which is yeah, so nasty. Why do you have to say that? I know. Oh, it makes me want to gag. It's gross. Mm-mm, yeah. I don't like that. So in their search, the police found notes in Joel Jr.'s own handwriting about the murders, so that proved this was premeditated murder. Um, some of the notes said things like, money, all mine, I get the whole thing. So, clearly this was a money-motivated mm-hmm. murder. He had a list of things to bring to the murder and had receipts from Walmart of the chemicals that he bought. And among the things he was considering using, um, there was no evidence that he used any of these, um, but he had written on the list a blender, meat grinder, and a sledgehammer. Yeah. So this is pretty... Now now I'm questioning everything, because this is all premeditated. Yeah. But it's just insane how much anger is behind it. You think that this was like a, you know, crime of passion in quotes, you know, just where... He's just so angry and he acts in the moment, but clearly It seems not. like it, yeah. But, I mean, it was obviously premeditated, but also they had just fought. Like, he had, Joel mm-hmm. Sr. had just told him that he was getting cut off, so he didn't know that part. He just wanted the money to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then, so I think it could have been part, like, they had just fought. So, yeah, in part, like... He's angry still from angry. Memphis yeah, fighting. Yeah. Um, And then there were also instructions found that he had written down in his own handwriting on how to cover up murder, like, uh, and instructions on, like, how to do it. He said, get killing knives, flush chunks down toilet, not the garbage disposal. And then body gives time of death alibi. So clearly he was looking Um. up of trying... The heat and everything was trying to cover, like, mess with decomp time. Yeah. 
Okay. So he's trying to be smart, but he's not. No. He's stupid. What the heck? And plus, like, who else would do it? Right. Like, your sisters know, mm-hmm. like, because they were already told by their parents that he was going to get cut off. You are probably, these people were, like, really nice people in the community. Who else would have had a motive? Right. Yeah. And plus, I mean, besides the back door not being missing, which you might, you might recover later, but. Besides that, I don't really see any signs of forced entry, like, where it could just be some messed right. up guy breaking into the house. Clearly, no. it was someone that was, like, let in. Yeah. And, I yeah. Don't like it. So, his trial happened September 28th, 2020. Whoa. Yeah. So, this happened in 2016, and his trial just happened. And his trial was only a week. Mm-hmm. Um. I just find it so interesting. This is, like, so many things are happening in 2020 of, like, I think we've had something from 2020 in all of the cases we've covered so far, <laughs> except maybe H.H. H. Holmes. But, like, like the Bloody Benders property selling in February. Oh, yeah. Starved Rock. Chester Wager was just released in January this year. Like, it's weird. 20, what 2020, what a year. I know. You're <laughs> hardly even hearing about anything because just... Yeah. The- it's crazy. Pandemic and everything. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. <laughs> so during his trial, or after his trial, he was found guilty of seven charges. First degree premeditated murder for both of his parents. First degree felony murder for both of his parents. Felony murder for Lisa. And abusive corpse for both. <sighs> So, he is currently serving two life sentences, possible parole in 51 years, probably because, I mean, I'm not an officer of the law, but if I was, I would not grant him parole. And then, this was actually last week, November 19th, 2020, he got an extra four years (gasps) for abusive corpse. Whoa, why did he just randomly get an extra four years? Um... I'm not sure why, because he was, in his initial trial, he was already charged for abusive corpse, but I think the sentencing was, like, split up, Mm -hmm. and so the two life sentences were for the murder, um, for the murder charges, and then this extra sentencing of four years was for abusive corpse. Okay. Charge. Yeah. So, hopefully he never gets out of prison. Uh... And the judge, there are actually, so there are a lot of videos and stuff, and I watched them with my sister the other night, mm-hmm. of the officer's body cam as they're, like, walking, <gasps> as they're, like, walking through the house. They, like, posted it. Because of COVID, the trial was all online, so you can, like, see the trial and everything online. So, there, I watched the video, um of the officers walking through the house, finding everything, and, like, the groceries on the floor, the pot on the stove. They did not open the pot or anything. You're not going to see any body parts in the video, but you you can see them walking through the house and showing all the, like, evidence, like, outside and inside the house of, like, that obviously crime had happened. Was there, like, did you see, could you see blood and no. all that? No, I you think, know? like, cleanup crews had already come in, Um, but there were, like, markers on the floor, so you could Mm -hmm. see they had marked it, that there was stuff there, um, but they, like, the clothes on the floor, the groceries, all the, like, 
chemical to use. Like they, that was like untouched. It was still on the floor um, in this video. And then you could watch, I watched his sentencing too. There's a video of trial. There's videos of like um, victim impact, which it was, I didn't watch that one because I knew I, that would be really like, that's really hard. The impact statements are really hard to watch. So I didn't watch that. But. Especially what, like, I mean, I'm sure that did their kids speak? Like the yeah, daughters? The, the daughters spoke, yeah, I believe. No, I couldn't even imagine how they're feeling because <clears throat> not only are their, uh, both their parents dead, but just in such gruesome ways by a family member yeah. that they trusted. It's just so, it's so sad. Yeah, it's just like, it is extremely horrific crime and a terrible thing for any person to do, especially to your family. I just... Did he have anger issues growing up that we know of? Not that I know of. I didn't see anything mm -hmm. in um, in any of, like, the articles and stuff that l said that. It was, this was just, like, an isolated incident, to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I'm just shocked that we didn't really hear about it. I don't remember. Did you know about this before? No, I had never heard of it. I had never heard of this case before I, like looked up it's just so recent and so gruesome i know and then yeah i think just what we said earlier just everything else happening in 2020 i guess outshined it and yeah it, really. i wonder if his trial had been um put off because of um coronavirus and everything going on i wonder if yeah i'm not sure postponed because i know Cause he was lot. arrested in 2016 right so i know a lot of trials have been postponed and a lot of things aren't i'm, I'm surprised that Finally, these things are getting done as far as, like, the whole murder trials and everything. Yeah. My husband, he um, works for um, a, basically mm -hmm. a branch of DCFS. So, <laughs> he basically, he ends up going to court a lot. But, um, so, he just, they had to put off court for quite a few months during, during it all. And now they only do court online. They don't. Nothing's done in person. Yeah, nothing's done in person at this wow. time. Yeah, it was really weird, like, watching the court videos, and everyone had, like, masks and face shields on. And, mm -hmm. and also, he looked so, like, in the videos I watched, he was so, like, he just sat there. And then, like, they played the video of them walking through the house, and, like, his eyes were, like, big, like, oh, my God. Like, it was the first time he was seeing it or something. It was super weird, but he, like, he was weird for sure in the videos, but the judge was like from the one videos I saw. He was like a super good judge, really professional, and handled it really well. So I just want to like commemorate him. And he yeah. said, Judge Steve Sword. He said um, also that Joel Jr. had a sick and depraved mind and showed no remorse. Which is true. He didn't. He didn't look or say anything that showed he was like remorseful for what he did. That's disgusting. Yeah, and that's four years later too. Like he yeah, had time to think on it exactly. And then the judge also said that he did not think the defendant Joel Jr. would ever change, and that Joel Jr. believed he was smarter than he really was. And I was like, yeah. yes, <laughs> thank you, thank you, because he's definitely a dumb dumb like <laughs> who thinks uh, most criminals think like i'm totally gonna get away with it and then most of the time well i hope most of the time i don't know the actual statistics. 
statistic <laughs> I can speak. Or like you get caught, you know? Yeah. Right. So that's the end of that story. Wow, that makes me um I'm glad that no cheesy carrots carrots are in that story. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Wow. I just I can't believe that. It's just I mean they do say that like the holidays are really stressful times for a yeah. lot of families and a oh. lot of crimes happen. Before, yeah, and also, um, little fact, while I was looking up these Thanksgiving crimes, Thanksgiving is the deadliest holiday in America. Like, most murders, like, holiday murders happen on Thanksgiving. And that's, like, crazy! That's, like, the whole point of this holiday is to be thankful and giving, and I just couldn't believe it. I was, like, you'd think it would be... I don't know. Not Thanksgiving, no. if you were going to pick a holiday. Like, I know that Thanksgiving's kind of a big drinking holiday. So is Fourth of July. Yeah, <laughs> like, true. Fourth of July is big on, like, accidents. Yeah. Instead of murder. Right. But, like, but, like, I don't know. To me, the deadliest holiday would be Valentine's Day. <laughs> like, spurned lovers and stuff like right. that. I guess not. But, Maybe just, like, being forced to be with your family. You're like, no. Like some you know, people tensions are, like, are high yeah. sometimes. Sometimes families just really get heated, I guess, while they're all sitting around the dinner table. Maybe it's turkey. Turkey <laughs> makes you go crazy. Turkey has a chemical in it that just sparks anger. Oh my god. But Yeah, how do you fight someone when you're full of mashed potatoes? I know. I feel like a slug after that meal. <laughs> just, just maybe what's happening is people are starving themselves before their meal because they know how much they're gonna <laughs> oh, eat yeah. and then they're all just hangry. <laughs> true, true. Like, I sometimes I think I could kill Kendrick if I was hangry. Oh, <laughs> I'm also pregnant, so the hangry is just a lot higher. But oh my god. <laughs> mm, well, it's yeah, an audio proof yeah. now. <laughs> well, that'll be my alibi. I mean, like it'll be like, did you kill your husband? No, I couldn't have. I ate that morning. <laughs> I ate. Uh, <laughs> it slowed me down too much. <laughs> I'm oh my satisfied god! Satisfied by food. All right. Okay. So our second case, Thanksgiving case, is um, Paul Murhig. Mm. I might be saying the last name wrong. I don't recognize that one either. Okay. Is this one the longer one or the shorter? This one? is um, a shorter one. Okay. So this happened on. Thanksgiving Day in Jupiter, Florida in 2009. And Jupiter, Florida, I'm sorry for everyone who lives there, but you have forever been tainted in my brain because that's where American Horror Story Freak Show happens. <laughs> so that's what I think of instantly. You know what I thought you were going to say? What? I thought you were going to say that one rhyme. Boys go to Jupiter to get oh my God. Jupiter. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say... Because that's where the boys go to get more stupider. <laughs> oh my gosh. It didn't even occur to me. But our brains go to really different places. <laughs> oh my god. Good. Okay. Anywho. So, the family was gathered for Thanksgiving Day, but Paul was not expected to come. He wasn't supposed to be there. He was estranged from the family because he had a long history of mental illness um, and violence. And he actually had made threats to his sisters before. 
So one of his sisters actually had a restraining order against him. Um, so he was not invited right. to this party. And he had tried, he had shot himself in a suicide attempt before. So, um. I mean, he struggled for a very long time with mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, but he called the house where everyone was and told his parents he was on his way, that he was coming to Thanksgiving. And, the, oh my gosh, this is something I could never fathom saying, but his mother, Carol, told her daughter, Lisa, after he called, um, I hope he doesn't come and kill us all tonight. And his sister said, Lisa, said, Mom, it came to mind, but don't say that to Dad because Dad would get upset that we had any such ideas. Like, I can't fathom thinking that and saying that about my own son or brother. Like, and that's especially eerie. Um... Because this is a murder. Yeah, considering something clearly happened. Yeah. It's just that I can almost see that, like, see that conversation taking place, but almost in, like, a joking manner, like, hopefully it doesn't come here and kill all of us. And then right. the mom or the daughter being like, don't even say that. You know how dad, how mad dad's going to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can see how that would be a conversation that would take place, but more in, like, a... I don't think it's actually going to happen. Right. Like they were like serious and like, wow, that's just, it's just super eerie and mm-hmm. creepy it's, to me. It's sad that like just some families don't get along to that. Yeah. Extent. I can't, I've always been super close with my family. Like families are really important thing. So it's super weird to me mm-hmm. to be, like think of like estranged family and like not getting along. Right, even to that extent, even, like, to where everybody has issues with the person, you know? Yeah. Usually it'd be like, okay, these two people are arguing right now. Yeah. Paul shows up for dinner, and everything was going fine, no incidents, and they ate their meal, and then after dinner, they all gathered around the piano to sing Christmas carols, which is so wholesome. So wholesome. But that is when Paul decided he was going to commit this crime. Or, I mean, it was premeditated, but this is when it happened. Okay, wait, time out. I'm, okay. I'm sorry if I missed this part of the story. So did Paul show up and he's already there? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I totally missed that. Oh, sorry. He showed up and had a meal with them and they were singing Christmas carols. So they were okay with him coming then at that point? Like yeah, they, they let him come. To go away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so first he shot his 76-year-old aunt, Raymond Joseph, in the shoulder and then in her chest, blowing a hole into her sternum. And then he shot his twin sisters... Carla and Lisa, who were 33, and Lisa was pregnant at this time. And then he went into his six-year-old cousin Michaela's room and shot her in the back, the hip, and then he walked out of the bedroom, then hesitated, and went back in the bedroom and shot her in the head to make sure she was dead. And... That's just 
monstrous, honestly, I, I to just do this know. to your family and like a child, a six year old, a pregnant woman. Yeah. Like your sisters, like your aunt. It's terrible. Um, Patrick Knight, who was Lisa's husband, was also shot um, that night, but he survived. And he's the one who saw Paul go into Michaela's room and saw Michaela's death. Um, so that's how they know, like, he went in mm-hmm. and then came back out and hesitated and went back in because Patrick was, um, when wounded, he- but he was able to see it. Um, so he fled and was missing for a month and there were other, there were a lot of people at this party. So mm-hmm. there were fortunately survivors, mm-hmm. um, but Everyone he shot, his aunt, um, Raymond, Carla, and Lisa, his twin sisters, and Michaela, um, they all all died. Yeah. So the uncle is the only one that lived of the people that got shot? Yes, I believe so. I'm not sure. Um, It was kind of unclear in the articles if anyone else had gotten shot Mm -hmm. um, or if it was just them so do you know if like did they anyone describe what kind of gun he was using yes okay um well i'm not sure if this is the actual uh weapon he used mm-hmm. but they in the investigation they found out he had spent two thousand dollars and at least four guns ammunition and a scope for um bolt action remington 700 rifle Oh jeez! I don't yeah, know I doubt, what that looks like, but you I m- doubt probably that's do. what he used because that would take. I mean, I, I that's semi-auto. It's bolt action. I don't know, but it also sounds like it really. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it sounds less likely because where would he pull it out of? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it says he had bought a couple guns, so mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure which right. one he used. Yeah. That's so sad. I just, it's almost like, were there other kids at the party, do you know? I'm not sure. Okay. Not that I know of. Um, If there were, they haven't put out any, like, names of any other right. people, so. Well, I was going to say, like, maybe the, the idea of him shooting the pregnant woman and the, the other child is because... Well, two theories. He could just be trying to destroy people as much as possible and just do the most gruesome thing he can think of. Yeah. Or it's like he tried to commit suicide before, so he already, like, hates the world that he lives in and wants to leave it. True. And maybe he's thinking, like, that he can take somebody that he he doesn't want the child to also have to live through that. And it almost it's messed up, but, like, him shooting the child twice and then leaving and then going back in to definitely yeah Mm -hmm. it's almost i don't want to say this to sound like i messed up because that's not what i mean by it but it's almost like he's trying to like have mercy on the child because he doesn't want her to suffer maybe yeah i mean you you i know what you mean like you just don't know what's going in going through their brain like because there's seemingly no motive at all um just like a mental, it was described as a mental break, probably because, like, he 
he's known for suffering mental illness for a mm-hmm. very long time. Right. Um, yeah. I, just, I feel so bad for that family. It's to have terrible. That experienced it all. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, he was missing for a month and they found him. So this happened on Thanksgiving day and they found him January 2nd, 2010 in a Florida Keys motel. And when they caught him, he told the police, I've been waiting 20 years to do this. So it makes it seem like it was premeditated for a very long time. And possibly he really was thinking of doing this for 20 years. But also when they found him in the motel, they also reported that he was extremely dazed and completely mm-hmm. out of it. And he just kept talking to himself. And he said, it's impossible, you know, to reconcile what happened to me. It's just, it's not even real. I'm not violent. I've never been violent. I'm not a criminal or a drug addict. It's just unbelievable what I've done to everybody. So when they caught him, he was like spiraling out of like, what, what the hell did I, did I do? How could I do that? And he says um, in this quote, he said, I've never been violent, but he has a restraining order on his sister for, like, some sort of violent act. So maybe right. he means, like, not to this extreme. Right. But, um, yeah, so he, uh, they did try to do an insanity plea or they had thought about it because mm-hmm. of his illness, but they ended up going to trial not pushing an insanity plea. But he got seven life terms consecutively. Wow. Yeah. Um, And that was because he took a plea deal of pleading guilty. If he pled guilty, he wouldn't get the death penalty. So, and he didn't want the death penalty. So, wow. But he also. I got to stop saying that. Wow. But I mean, it's appropriate. It's just shocking. It is. Yeah. So he had wanted to go to a mental facility. He had hoped to go to a mental facility for treatment. Then plead insanity. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been his lawyer's decision, not really his. But um, that's not what he got. He's he's not going to a mental facility. He is in prison for ever, for an extremely long time. So. Oh, I always say wow, but it's still I mean whatever. I can't get over that. I'm 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 baffled. I don't even know what to say. The fact that he got seven life sentences, whereas the other guy only got two. He got two, yeah. Which it just kind of is interesting. I, mean, I know it's different states and so they might be a little bit True. different on how they handle things. And I know that he killed a couple more people, including a pregnant woman. Yeah. I, and a child, so that might be a difference. But I just feel like both were almost. I feel like both were gruesome, and and but the other one was just so much more yeah. gruesome. Yeah. And even and there was no this guy. At least he's showing remorse. The other, at least at, at the time, he yeah. was. The other guy didn't show any. Yeah, didn't even care. He just. This guy, okay, so Paul was, like, obviously mental illness contributed to this a right. lot, but Joel Jr., on the other hand, is, like, pure, like, sociopath. Like, you don't yeah. have emotion. Like, you have to have, you have to turn off that part of your brain to do something that bad to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's premeditated. He went out and bought the stuff. I mean, I guess the other guy bought guns, too. 
Yeah. It's just interesting how the two different, they got different, um, different sentencing where, yeah. I mean, I know they did different crimes and it's in different states, but I almost feel like it should be equal to each other because both are just horrible acts. Yeah. Um, but what was I going to say about that? Oh, it's just, it's sad, honestly, though, how much mental illness is in the prison and in jail. I, um, yeah. For school, I, I did a rotation in jail, and majority of people just had mental illness, and oh. it was just really sad to see because, you know, you it, it's obvious that they did something wrong, and, and, like, they deserve to be away from other people, and they deserve to be punished and locked away, but they also, and in, in another view of it need to be treated properly as far as medications and therapy and just how they're dealt with anyway because of their mental illness. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting to, to see how many people with mental illness really are in the jail system. Yeah. And like, I have kind of, with a lot of cases, I kind of have a split view on like, insanity Mm -hmm. because on the one hand you think oh you have to be insane to do that obviously they're insane but on the other hand sometimes I'm like well I don't want you to get off with an insanity I want you to rot for what you did but like so it's it's strange when some people I do think I'm like oh you really do need help and other Mm -hmm. people like it's just so it depends on the case, too, and what right. happened, but it's very divided in my brain. No, you're totally right. I mean, I don't think that this guy should ever be out of out of uh, being locked away. Like, I don't think this guy should be free at any point. I yeah. Mean, he killed a pregnant woman and, like, a pregnant family member that you know and are supposed to love. Yeah. And a child. I mean, including others. Mm-hmm. It, that... He doesn't deserve to be walking on the streets by No, absolutely not. But I just almost think that, like, when you have mental illness like that to that extent, you should be, I don't know, somewhere else besides the prison system. As far as being in the general population of the other prisoners. Right. Like, there should be separation. I believe that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was our two Thanksgiving cases. Um, hopefully after this, you feel thankful for your family, because I do. Um, yeah, just, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely thankful for mine. Well, this, this Thanksgiving is really weird for everybody. I'm oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure that everybody's Thanksgiving looks different this year with uh, social distancing. So, yeah, I guess people are safer that way. <laughs> I, I Probably. I mean, yeah, I hope everyone has a safe Thanksgiving. Yes. As well. Eat lots of cheesy carrots. Yes, like we're about to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it comes full circle. Well, I'm Casey. And I'm Emily. And you just listened to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, True Crime Podcast.